Welcome to What I Didn't Know About Africa. I'm your host, Valerie Bowden. When I was 25, I backpacked across Africa by myself. After my journey, I lived in Ethiopia for eight years. African countries are very different from the stories I heard about them growing up. This is a space for anyone who wants to explore the continent. Join me every week for inspiring conversations with African entrepreneurs, leaders, and industry experts. We'll discover what's working and what's not, share business and investment ideas, and embark on a new understanding of this incredible continent. Are you ready? Welcome to What I Didn't Know About Africa. I'm your host, Valerie Bowden, and I am so excited you're here. This is episode number one, and I couldn't be more thrilled to finally be doing this. What I'm most passionate about is helping the U.S. and the West change our perception of African countries. So I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, very Midwest, and I knew nothing about African countries. And what I did know was really only associated with poverty, charity, nonprofits, mission work. You know, I didn't know anything other than that. And then I started traveling the continent, living on the continent. Now I do business and investment all throughout the continent. And let me tell you, African countries are so different than what we think. And because we don't know what they're really like, we tend to come up with all these ideas and projects and charities that aren't creating a good impact on the continent, sometimes doing harm. And in the meantime, we miss out on traveling, doing some great business, and also just learning about their values and cultures that would help us. So this is a podcast that's just gonna explore all the things that I still wanna know about the continent, all the things I think other people would find interesting. I think the media has done a really great job in coming along and starting to share more content and articles about business and investment. And so you either get these stories that are really good about the continent or really bad. And this is a podcast that's really just gonna explore everything else. Um, everything from travel ideas, how to move there, how to do business from there, impact ideas, things about traditional African medicinal herbs, which I find super interesting, um, different holidays. I mean, it's just gonna be a mixture of things, but if you are someone who feels drawn to Africa, who's from the continent, who wants to know more about it, who wants to move or do business, you're gonna love this. And I have so many amazing experts um, and guests that will be coming on, but I thought since this is episode number one, I should just start sharing about my backpacking trip across Africa because that is the one question I always get asked the most. Um, and last week I was actually a guest speaker at Pittsburgh University. It was supposed to be an hour long event and I ended up staying I think for like an hour and a half and that's because the students and the faculty had so many questions. And even though I was talking about charity and nonprofits and the fair maid movement and business and investment, 90% of the questions were about my backpacking trip. So I just thought I would start episode number one with talking about how I backpacked from Cape Town to Cairo. So whether you wanna do your own trip or you wanna do some kind of travel trip to the continent or you're just curious how a 25 year old with no backpacking experience managed to cross the second biggest continent by herself, um, this episode is for you. So thank you for being here. Okay, to start off, you should know that before I did Cape to Cairo, I had been in Ethiopia for three months as a volunteer. 
Now, I had come as a volunteer and then I realized all the horrible things about volunteering and volunteerism, including the fact that I was pretty much taking someone's job by being there. So my time in Ethiopia was kind of negative because of that, but it was positive in the sense that Ethiopia really surprised me. I had gone to Ethiopia knowing nothing, expecting like total poverty, and then I get there and I find out Ethiopia is the coolest country, best culture, best coffee, amazing food, amazing hospitality, and I just fell in love with Ethiopia. So when I went back to the US, I went to grad school, um, I graduated with a master's in social work, I worked for a year, and I just could not stop thinking about Ethiopia. I had had such a good time there, and I kept thinking, you know, was that like a one-time mountaintop experience, or is there a reason why I still feel so drawn to this country? And I decided I need to go back. And because Ethiopia had surprised me so much, I thought, you know, what are other African countries like? And I began having these visions of doing a road trip across Africa, and that was before I knew um, if it was possible, how I would even do that. But the vision was so strong that I quit my job and I decided to go for it. So I booked a flight to Cape Town, South Africa, because I knew I wanted to go to South Africa. And I told my parents, you know, there's only a few countries in between South Africa and Ethiopia. So my plan is just to fly to South Africa. I'm gonna spend like a week per country and I'll be back home next month. Like four weeks, six weeks. That was only how long the trip was supposed to be. It was never supposed to be the Cape to Cairo route because I didn't even know there was such a thing when I took off on my trip. So I was pretty brave, I think, in planning my trip and being excited about it. But during my layover in Germany, I had a total panic attack. I mean, I was crying on the Frankfurt airport floor. I mean, I was just so worried about like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What if something happens to me? Um, and truly the only reason why I got on that plane to Cape Town was I didn't want to lose my money. Like <laughs> I was just such a cheap college grad that I was like, I can't lose my money, so I'm just gonna go. And the other thing is I only booked a one-way ticket because I wanted a quick getaway. Um, I wanted, like if something bad happened, I wanted to be able to get out as fast as I could no matter what city I was in. So, I mean, I think my trip always sounds more, um, I would say like badass when, I, when you hear about it, but actually going into it, I was totally freaked out and did not know what I was doing whatsoever. So during my entire flight from Frankfurt to, to Cape Town, I'm freaked out. I'm like upset, I'm almost like hyperventilating. And then right as we started to descend, I look out my window and I see the mountains, I see the ocean, and I had booked one night in a hostel. Um, and so I arrived and I started meeting all these other backpackers and we were all staying in one room, like in bunk beds. And right away, I felt so much better. I mean, it was just such a relief to meet other people who are traveling, having a good time. We went out in the city. The next day I walked around. And if you've ever been to Cape Town, it's one of the most beautiful cities. It's like a place I, I mean, you could just spend months and months, if not just like move there. It's so amazing. So I just started to feeling, feeling more relaxed. And so I started backpacking down the coast, um, taking public transportation. 
I mean, I remember one time the bus was so crowded that they couldn't shut the door. And so I'm clinging on to the person in front of me who's clinging on to the person in front of them. And if anybody would have let go, we would have all just like fallen out on the street, right? So, I mean, it was still a lot of getting used to how to take buses, um, but it was really, really fun. And so I spent three weeks in South Africa and then I crossed the border into Mozambique. And as soon as I crossed the border into Mozambique, everything was different. I mean, you could just tell Mozambique was so different than South Africa. And South Africa was so different than my experience in Ethiopia. And that's when I started to realize that every African country is very different from its neighbor. So when we say Africa, I've learned it's truly just for convenience, but in actuality, every time I cross the border and I cross through 13 African countries, the language changes, the people, the culture, the values, the religion, um, the development. I mean, everything is so different that you really cannot compare any African country to the next one, in my opinion. Um, I always give the example, like if you're in the US and you go to Canada, things are pretty much the same. Like think, some things change, but not like no major differences as a traveler that you notice right away. If you're in the US and then you all of a sudden go to Mexico, suddenly again, the language changes, the landscape is different. It's a very different country than the US. And so I think when I was backpacking, it felt like that going from US to Mexico, not US to Canada. Like every country really is that different. So I start traveling Mozambique and I'm still on my plan to go straight to Ethiopia. But I start meeting so many backpackers and a lot of the backpackers were doing this thing called Cairo to Cape Town. And they convinced me to do Cape Town to Cairo. And I was like, all right, why not? That sounds so fun because by that point I had been traveling for a while and I was just having a really good time meeting so many backpackers. And I just thought, you know, I already quit my job. So I just slowed my trip way down. And instead of going, you know, through as many countries or as fast as I could through just a few countries, I started going through as many countries as I could, as slow as I could, just to extend my money. And there's so much to do. So you really can't travel fast. So in total, I did South Africa, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Malawi, Tanzania, Burundi, Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, Ethiopia, Sudan, and then Egypt. And then I flew out of Cairo. So if you're watching the video of this, I'm sitting in front of this giant map, um, partly because we just moved, so the office is crazy, and partly because I wanted to show you. So I started in Cape Town, and I went all the way up, basically from the most southern point to Cairo, where I flew out of. And it was amazing. And I think the question that people always ask immediately was, did you feel safe? And to be honest, I felt very safe. I don't have any crazy horror stories. Like I don't really even have any bad close calls. Like I felt really safe the entire time. Um, and I think what helps put this in perspective is if I told you, let's go on vacation, we're gonna go to a really cool country, but somebody is murdered every 32.1 minutes. Also, somebody is raped every 3.8 minutes. Would you go with me? Like, would you think I was crazy if I told you, let's go to a country where someone is murdered every half hour? 
No, you would be like, I don't think so, right? But those are the FBI statistics for the United States. So I really think it helps give context when we realize that if you're in America or if you've ever traveled or ever want to go to the US, the US isn't so safe either, right? And there's this thing called the Global Peace Index, which I've been following for years now, and they rank almost every single country in the world in peacefulness um, based on different metrics. And 36 African countries rank more peaceful than the United States. And I don't have the data up in front of me, but I think the US comes in at like 130, and they only measured 163 three countries or so. So the last one I think in 2023 was Afghanistan came in very last. So the US is only 30 spots above Afghanistan. So it helps to really see that the US isn't as safe as we think. And I for one would never hitchhike in America, right? Like as a female, I would not hitchhike in the US because I would die. Like that's how girls get kidnapped and die. But when I was traveling African countries, I hitchhiked in almost every country I was catching rides. Um, so yeah, safety wise, I was a smart traveler. I got all my vaccines. I followed like CDC advice. So I got my vaccines. I took malaria medicine. Um, you know, I didn't go like if I knew that there was like a really unsafe country, like I tried to get into the DRC. Um, but there was some like outbreak where they wouldn't let me in because there was like some kind of civil unrest. Um, so I mean, I actually did cross the border to like take a photo, but then I like came right back. I never really left customs. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, again, I just followed smart safety, common sense, and I felt really safe. Um, one of the questions at the Pittsburgh university, um, speech that I gave was like, how did I handle male attention? And probably in every country, I, got, I mean, for sure, in every country, I got lost. <laughs> I mean, every country, I was lost. Um, all my backpacking stories start with, I was lost. And then, and they always finish with, and some guy walked up to me and said, this is how I'd want someone to treat my sister or my mother or my wife or my daughter. And then they would point me in the right direction or they would buy me a meal or they would give me a ride. But I found people to be so respectful, very receptive, um, even though every African country is so different, I think one stereotype that is true is that hospitality is a true value. And again, tourism also generates money. Tourism has a great social impact. So people were very welcome to see tourists and backpackers and they treated us well. And yeah, I felt quite safe. And the only time I actually felt like one, there was only one time where there was one guy who was being very inappropriate. And, um, it was an American male backpacker. Like how crazy is that? That like the only time I felt unsafe was from another American guy. I, I mean, and I, although I met a lot of backpackers, I think I met like five Americans. <laughs> so most of the backpackers I met were from Israel or Germany or Australia or somewhere in Europe. There wasn't a lot of American travelers, but the only time I felt unsafe was with an American. So there's that. Um, People always ask, what was my backpacking trip like? I think the coolest thing for me was that because as an American, I knew nothing about African countries, everything was a surprise. I mean, like in the most positive thing, like I would come across some new holiday or a new food or a new culture, or I'd see something really amazing that I didn't even know existed. 
And so like, I guess that's the benefit is we only hear the negative things. So when you start traveling, you see all the positive things. And so in that way, it was such a cool experience. I felt very much like a child as far as like, I was just curious about everything because everything was so different and so new to me. And I was very, very present. Again, partly because things were new and partly because, um, you know, I wasn't on my phone as much. Um, as I was traveling, some places would lose electricity. So I would just be like by a campfire at night. But overall, I was just way more present and had the best conversations in my life and met so many cool people, um, both travelers and locals. And it was fantastic. Um, so people always ask where I stayed. For the most part, I stayed at backpacking lodges. So there's like a backpacking lodge or hostel almost like everywhere. Um, some places, like if I was in a really rural place or when I was in Sudan, I didn't find any backpacking lodges there. Um, there'd be just like a small hotel where it's like just literally says like hotel and there'd be maybe like six rooms or something. So it's, and you'd pay like $5 a night, like really, really cheap. So, um, I don't know. I don't want to say like, it's called a hotel, but like, it's not the hotel that you're thinking of in your mind, like a very small and, um, kind of run down. So a lot of times I was in backpacking lodges, um, along my trip, I bought a tent. I think when I reached Zambia, because what I found was backpacking lodges were so full. So sometimes you'd show up at a lodge and it was too full and you had to go somewhere else. Or sometimes people are snoring because again, all the backpackers are sleeping in the same room. Or, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm always like 50% extroverted and 50% introverted. And so there was a part of me that after spending all day hanging out with people and going to the market and being on a bus, I just really wanted to be alone and like journal and have a break and not have to talk to anyone. And so I bought a tent so that I could have um, just a little bit more freedom and independence. Um, and it was the best thing in the world because just waking up in the morning, hearing all the different birds and all the different sounds. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, and it was also cheaper. I mean, backpacking with a tent, you can put it up at any campsite and then you pay like half the price. And there are places like in Lake Malawi. Um, I think I put my tent up for like $3 a night and this was like a couple of years ago, right? So that maybe prices have raised a little bit, but it was really affordable and I loved it. Um, there are sometimes I stayed with um, locals. So um, I know one time I was I was on Twitter and somebody told me he was like a Kenyan guy and he's like, you should just stay with my sister when you get to Nairobi. And so I did. She like picked me up from the bus stop and I just stayed with her and we just we knew each other from her brother knew me on Twitter. Um, there was another time. It was kind of a crazy story. I, I left Zanzibar and to go to Zanzibar, you're supposed to be on a ferry. And I took the ferry there, but on the way back, I decided to take like a local boat. It was like a cargo boat and a horrible idea, by the way. Like <laughs> that was the only thing actually, I would not take a cargo boat. I've taken two during my trip and they're both unsafe because you're like bailing out water the whole time. Um, but I took a cargo boat from Zanzibar to like a little bit north of Dar es Salaam and we get to this small fishing village and the only hotel, which again, is like five rooms big, was full and I was like, oh my goodness, it's nighttime. I don't know anyone here. The hotel is full, where am I gonna go? And so the, the captain of the cargo boat just kind of like, was like knock on this person's door and then I just knocked on the door and this woman answered and he helped translate to her that I needed a place to stay. 
And then that night I stayed in her bed. Like <laughs> it was like a one bedroom house. She only had one bed and I slept on one side and she slept on the other. Um, and I slept so well because I just felt so safe after being kind of like worried about where I would sleep. And I mean, I couldn't even thank her. I don't even know, you know, what language she spoke. We had no ability to communicate. Um, but yeah, I just spent the night at her house. And then the next morning I remember getting on a bus and there was, um, like I sat beside a Maasai woman and I, and then like a couple hours later we passed Kilimanjaro and I was like, where in the world am I? Like, this is such a different experience than back home to be on a cargo boat, spending the night in someone's house that I don't know, sitting next to a Maasai woman and then, oh, there's Kilimanjaro. Like it was just such a, I'm not in America anymore feeling, but true adventure, really, really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, in Ethiopia, I, I stayed in Ethiopia a little bit longer. So I rented like an apartment, like a room in an apartment for a month with somebody else. Um, and, and again, in Sudan, they didn't have backpacking lodges. So you had to stay in a hotel. And it was so funny because I remember the hotels in Sudan played so many American movies. And I watched like the most old school American movies that I hadn't watched in, since I was like a child in Sudan. It was really fun. Um, people always ask how I got around. So most people, most backpackers have a lonely planet, which tells them how to get around. I never got one, um, partly because they are just like huge and I didn't want to take it around or you get it on your phone and my phone was always dead from not having power. Um, so instead I would just ask people, I would either ask like the backpacker owners or like a, a local, or I would just show up at the bus stop and be like, I want to get to Mozambique. How do I get there? And then they'd be like, you take this bus to this city, you spend the night, the next day you're going to get on a bus at 5am and then that's how you're going to cross customs. And I was like, okay. So that's another thing about I think that's hard and what prevents people from traveling Africa, especially backpackers, is you can't Google how to get anywhere. Like bus stops aren't on on the internet really. If they are, they're not dependable. What you should know if you wanna backpack Africa is that there is a bus or a boat or a train or a donkey that goes anywhere you wanna go. You're just not gonna know until the day before, but truly you can get anywhere by public transport and people will be really nice about helping you. Um, I think the last thing people always ask me is what was my favorite country? And so my favorite country was Malawi. Malawi is a gem. Like it is backpacking paradise. As far as it is so cheap, people are so nice and Lake Malawi is gorgeous. It's huge. Um, there's like islands inside the lake. You can do freshwater diving. It's just beautiful. I loved it. Um, one of my, probably my second favorite country was Sudan. And this always surprises people because it's Sudan and we don't hear good things about the country. And I know right now there's some political issues as well, but I found it to be an amazing country and probably the safest country to visit. Um, when I was asking those backpackers from Cairo to Cape Town, you know, okay, but even Sudan, I can cross Sudan, even as an American, they were like, trust me, the Sudanese are the nicest. And when I crossed the border into Sudan, I realized what they meant. Sudanese truly are the nicest. And when I was traveling Sudan, I somehow got an invite to like the governor's house, um, like a local governor, he was having a party, um, I was with some other travelers and he just invited us in. 
And in front of everyone, he stopped the party and he asked me where I was from. And because it was like my second day, I was still like afraid to say that I was American. Like I was so close to lying and saying I was Canadian. Um, because again, I think we just, as an American, we hear so many bad things about the country, but I told him I'm from the US and he said, welcome. I hope you know that you are so welcome in Sudan. I know you've heard bad things, but I think you're gonna find it to be very different. And he was right, nicest people, nicest food. Um, I really enjoyed it. And what I thought was so sweet is after his party, he, um, I was talking to him and I think for some reason he thought I didn't know what the word governor meant. So he was trying to explain it to me. So he was like, you see, I'm like the Obama of this land. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's like so heartwarming that you're trying to explain it to me in words that I would understand. Um, because I was backpacking during like the Obama administration. Um, yeah, so Sudan was another great country. The only thing I think I should warn people about Sudan is that I gained, I think like 10 pounds in Sudan. Like they have so many good desserts and I would buy like one kilo, so like two pounds of desserts and I would eat it every single day. It was so good. And literally I could not fit in my pants by the time I got to Egypt. Um, in Sudan, one other thing that's cool about Sudan is they have pyramids, which again, as an American, not knowing anything about the continent, I didn't know Sudan had their own pyramids, um, the Moreau pyramids. And so I went and it was such a cool experience because at least at that time and probably still today, they only get about one traveler per day. And so I had the pyramids all to myself. I mean, I was just walking around. I felt like I was like actually back in time. Whereas even though the pyramids in Egypt are bigger um, and still amazing to see, I mean, you can't take a picture of a pyramid in, in Egypt without getting, you know, hundreds of tourists or tour buses in the background. Like it doesn't feel super authentic because there's so many people around. Um, where in Sudan, you really feel like you're just back in time. Um, so yeah, those were my, that was my trip. I think some of my favorite things I did as far as like, what did I do every day? Some of the big adventures I did was shark diving in Hermanus, South Africa, which was really fun um, and terrifying. Um, you get, I just didn't realize how, how close you actually get when you're shark diving, which I know sounds stupid, but it's really, I don't know how safe, but it was, it was really fun. Um, I loved doing, um, in Kenya, I rode an ostrich, which was crazy and cool. And they're so angry, like they're so mad. Um, in Uganda, I did gorilla trekking, which was really, really cool. And now if you know my story, I'm a big supporter of, um, we import gorilla conservation coffee. It's one of the things I do. And a lot of that is based on how, um, how magical gorilla trekking was to me. I also did whitewater rafting on the Nile, which was really fun. Um, that was also in Uganda. So the Nile starts in Jinja, Uganda. Um, so that's where they, you can do rafting. Um, in Ethiopia, I did, um, I went to Harar, Ethiopia, and they have hyenas. And I heard about this hyena whisperer who's like on the outskirts of town and he just like, he'll give you raw meat and you put it in your mouth and then these wild hyenas come up and take it out of your mouth. So I did that and I have some really funny photos from it. Um, but again, it's one of those things where I was just like, oh, this is not actually a good idea af afterwards. Cause I'm like, oh, hyena could have just literally bit my lips off. <laughs> but um, 
And in fact, one of the hyenas actually jumped on my back and I fell to the ground and I could not get up. Like they were just so heavy and they were on top of me. So the hyena whisperer had to like take them off. And then that night I remember going back to where I was staying and when I took my jacket off, there was like paw prints on me. And I was like, that is so funny that there's like a hyena paw prints on my back. Um, but yeah, I did so many cool things and other days weren't as exciting. I mean, some days I just went to like the local market. I spent a lot of time on public transport. It is so slow. Like if you think you have to go a hundred miles, it's triple or quadruple the time it would take you in the US. Like, so, I mean, I just had bus days where it'd be like 17 hours on a bus where the bus stops maybe once or twice and you just pee on the side of the road and women go on one side and men go on the other. And it's like, that's just it. And I just, I learned like the proper art of like dehydrating yourself before getting on a bus because you just, they don't stop very often. And when they do, you have like five minutes and that's it. And it, like throughout the bus trip, you're just buying food through the window. So when you slow down to get it to a town, people just like shove food in the window and you just give them cash really fast and that's how you eat for the day. Um, I think what people should know is one, travel is the most responsible thing you can do. And I think that's something I wish I would have known as a college kid. I kind of felt always like guilty about it. So I'd say, I'm like, I'm just volunteering. I'm just going for a month. And I just always felt like it wasn't the responsible decision. But my backpacking trip, first off, changed my life. It's the reason why I ended up moving to Ethiopia and living overseas for eight years. When I was living overseas, that's how I met my husband. Um, my trip has changed my career trajectory and it's opened so many doors for me. But even if you travel and nothing big happens afterwards and you just go back home and you work your regular job, you won't be the same because the type of person who can get on a plane, go to somewhere where you've never been by yourself, get around on public transport in a different language and be exposed to so many new values and cultures and religions and opinions, it will change you. And when you come back to wherever you're from and you're working, first of all, you're gonna be more confident. You're gonna know how to speak up for yourself. You'll be nicer and more patient with locals and um, I mean like foreigners and immigrants and people who don't speak English as a native language. Like you're just gonna be a better person so travel as much as you can especially when you're young I'm now right mid 30s so I have had several friends come to me and say I wish I would have done what you did because now it's really hard it's hard to take off on a trip when you have a mortgage and small kids and a career and so if you are listening to this and you're in college please go travel I think African countries are the best places but Wherever you go, just go somewhere and travel as long as you can and as much as you can. Um, second thing I think people should know, again, not only is every African country very different from the next one, but every part of every African country is different as well. Um, and part of that's like the history of Africa being colonized. So it wasn't divided in a way that represented any of the people groups or um, ethnic groups or whatever was kind of happening on the ground. It was just divided, you know, in Europe, how Europeans wanted it. And so what happened is every part of every African country is 
very different because of it. And again, this is like another podcast episode, so this is not a good explanation. But um, what you should know is that if you hear about one part of an African country being unsafe or civil unrest, it doesn't mean the rest of the country is impacted. And in fact, most capital cities are probably totally fine and totally safe. Um, So that's something to know. I think that's it. I mean, I guess... I guess what I would say is backpacking Africa was amazing. It was crazy and adventurous because I was 25 and crazy and adventurous. Um, And I have some really funny stories, but it was also significantly safer than I expected. I was welcome. I learned so much. I grew so much. I, you know, part of the reason why I always try and tell people to travel Africa and I talk so much about it is because tourism truly creates great jobs and great impact and because I feel like it's a people were so kind to me and they gave to me in a way I could never give back and I feel a responsibility to to share that with the world um like one story that always before I before I wrap up here one story that always sticks out to me that I think kind of represents my whole trip is In Ethiopia, I was there during rainy season and I was wearing sandals, which you should not wear. And I'm walking through mud and the mud is like just, I'm just caked in mud. Like it's hard to walk because the road was that muddy. And there was a girl beside me and she said, hang on, just wait here. And she ran off and she comes back two minutes later and she had brought a pair of tennis shoes from her house. And she insisted on me taking off my sandals and I put my muddy feet without any socks directly into her own tennis shoes. And then she insisted on carrying my sandals back to like the guest house where I was staying while I'm wearing her tennis shoes. She's carrying my muddy sandals and we we get to my guest house and she doesn't want anything. She's just like, you can keep the shoes. I think you need them. Um, take care, best wishes. And then she left. Like she, she didn't want anything. She didn't want money. She just truly wanted to help a foreigner in her country get home safely. And that sums up my entire trip. So if anything, I hope that you plan a vacation to Africa. Um, do the Cape Town to Cairo route or the Cairo to Cape Town route. And I hope this helps rethink what you think about the continent because I never knew that African countries were so amazing to travel and that you can tra- travel them safely by yourself even as a female but you can and I want to be that voice that shares that so thank you for listening this is the first episode so many great things coming up soon so hit subscribe if you leave a review it does so much um, in terms of just giving me the algorithm um The more people who subscribe and leave a review, the better we do in the algorithm, so the better we can share this message. So thank you. And I can't wait to hear what you think about my backpacking trip. Leave it in a review and tell me which African country is on your bucket list to travel. See you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would be so helpful if you subscribed to the show and left a five-star review. If you have any questions or topics you want covered on the show, we would love to hear from you. This podcast is powered by Cradle. If you want to explore hiring from the continent, buying fair-made African products, or getting involved in our work, you can go to our website, cradle.com, spelled C-R-D-L-E.com, or send us an email at hello at cradle.com. See you next week, and as they say in Ethiopia, I'm Siganalo.